it was because we we had to be smart with the money that we invested. It's like, okay, where is our money best um, best spent, and where is it going to have the biggest impact? And the result of it was not just like actually consumer picking it up, but it was actually also retailers or pubs started calling us. That was that's I mean that's the dream. Mm-hmm. That's what you essentially want. You want someone reaching out to you and be like, hey, I've seen your billboard. Can you send across some samples? <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Attention Seekers, the podcast from Performance Marketing World where we get to know who's seeking attention in the industry and how they're doing it. Today I am joined by Alessandra Zender, the General Manager of Soulfresh UK, a disruptive Australian-born platform providing healthy and sustainable food and drink, including brands Lobros and Pico. They adopt a test and fail quickly mentality and pride themselves in being a movement against big corporations. I'm Lucy Shelley, multimedia editor at PMW and your host for Attention Seekers. Hi Alessandra, thanks for being our Attention Seeker this week. How are you doing? Hi Lucy, I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Not at all, not at all. We're excited to see, especially as a disruptive brand, how exactly you guys get attention. Tell me first, what's it been like taking a movement that was such a success in Australia and then inciting it halfway across across the world over here? Yeah, it has been it has been a journey. Um, I mean, I joined the business uh, back in May, so I'm still quite fresh. But, you know, I think it has been an exciting journey and it's all about like keeping real and true to the brand and the great platform that the Australian guys have developed and established in, in Australia and then essentially bringing it to life for the UK, for the UK people. Um, making tweaks where needed, but essentially staying true to your roots um, and bring the Aussie flair to the UK. The Aussie flair to the UK, of course. And can you give us a flavour of, of what it's like marketing a disruptive food business? What is it like? Well, it's, um, it's fast, it's agile, it's um, under-resourced, as in just compared, you know, to the big guys when it comes to, we don't have to spend that a big Coca-Cola or a Danone and so on, so on would have. Um, and it's about being, um, go with the zeitgeist and be curious and try new things and be willing to fail um, and then learn from it and move on. I, I always find though as well that when you have restrictions such as budget, it kind of it forces you to be creative and it forces you to be innovative because you don't have all the resources at your at your disposal. So I guess that's quite an exciting place to be as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's also one of the reasons why I joined, you know, mm. I wanted to have that challenge and I wanted to almost like bring my, you know, I was very, my background is like 10 years of big mm. corporations, you know, like I ha- always had the benefit of having all the resources up at my disposal, whether that's people, whether that's insights, whether that's the financials. And I really wanted to almost like bring my marketing to the next level and actually really have to boil it down to the essence of what really, really matters and what's really going to change the dial. Mm. So have you have you enjoyed the the change from a big corporation to a smaller one? Is it has it been challenging? Well it has been challenging. Huh? I would be lying if I said everything was smooth sailing. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it has been challenging, but you know um, that's what I sign up for. I think uh, um, if you're not challenged, you're not growing. Um, also, personally, as an individual, as a marketeer, as a manager, but also as a as a brand, you know, um, things are hard, and um, especially in, in today's climate, it's not easy. 
But um, I think as a team, we generally enjoy the ride and um, we just, yeah, we're up for it, you know. And I think you have to be ready, have uh, different things hitting you on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. Take it with a smile and be like, okay, that's another opportunity to learn. Let's begin the podcast and get to know you as our attention seeker a little bit better. So, Alessandra, tell me what has been getting your attention recently? Yeah, that's a good question. I have to say, I really like how to think about it. You know, it's like one of those things. It's like when you actually have to like name a thing, you're like, oh gosh, that's quite a tricky question. Um, And it's probably because so many things actually get your attention, but then nothing stuck. And um, now thinking about it, I think for me it was, um, and I'm probably going to make a bit of advertising for someone else, but hey, why not? Mm -hmm. Um, I think they're a cool brand and uh, why, why not give them... Um, one minute, one minute on your podcast. <laughs> um, for me, it was um, VFC, um, so vegan fried chi- vegan fried chicken. I don't know whether you know them. I've also le- re- just recently uh, listened to the podcast on the Diary of a CEO, which was mm-hmm. probably also why it stuck with me. And um, just a way of how they marketed their vegan fried chicken, and it was in the tube everywhere. You know, like they were essentially. Um, capturing negative social media comments about their product, about their product, and then just basically blasting them all over the tube and out of home and a big campaign. And it was quite disruptive, night catching. And when you read a sentence like "I'd rather eat my dog" or something, I think like I've that, seen like, the same one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're a bit like what? So it's just so different, and it definitely makes you think, and you want to like you almost are trying to make sense of it. When you're reading it, do you find yourself as a as a disruptive brand? You recognise other disruptive brands and kind of like a, a silent nod, like ah, yeah, I see what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, I'm like ah, I see what you're doing. I like it. I like you guys. You know, like we're trying to do the same things. You know, we're trying to make the world a it's like a bit better. You know, when it comes to food and drinks, and I look at those brands as always as friends and allies, and um, I love seeing those examples. And I think especially when it comes to those subversive marketing techniques I think they do a great job especially when you are a challenger brand and when you are trying to to change things and like disrupt things and try to think try to do things better than than they're currently working and replace some products that are probably not quite good for us or our planet with something much better. As this week's attention seeker we also like to find out how much of an attention seeker you really are so can you can you tell us a story tell us a time when you have done something completely ridiculous for attention oh gosh that was also a hard one like you <laughs> your questions are really hard Lucy but it's good you know like it makes me think I like that <laughs> I think something that really that we tried and I mean I let you be the judge whether it was ridiculous or not okay what we've done um that was at the back end of last year it was um for, for a long time, we've done a sampling campaign again. Essentially, that's what it's about. You know, when you're a small brand, it was for Lobros, our, our great kombucha brand. We're all about getting cans in hands. So a sampling activation can be very boring. You're just standing in front of like a tube and then you're like, hey, have a drink. Yeah. And that's essentially it. And we were like, no, 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 we can't do that. This is really boring. Um, because otherwise people just grab a drink and they, they don't take anything away especially when you're a challenger brand and we're tr- when you're trying to improve what is going wrong and you, if you're trying to address a broken industry, you also want to land your point and you want, you want to land your message. So what we said is like, okay, how about we actually have a little demonstration instead of a sampling um, a campaign and we actually, how about we let people vote for better drinks on UK shelves? 
And we had a big board where we said, hey, do you feel like the drinks on our UK shelves could be better? Do you think they have too much sugar in it? And people always say yes, because they acknowledge there is a fundamental problem. And we got about, uh, what was it? I think about 8,000 signatures of people signing up to have better wow. drinks on UK shelves. And of course they get a drink, but they actually also understand what we're actually doing, what we're trying to achieve. And then the great thing was all those signatures, we can then take that to retailers and be like, look, yeah. 18,000 signatures um, of consumers who voted for better drinks on shelves. So now help us achieve that. And I think that's how we tried to get attention and how we wanted to bring, um, how we wanted to bring a little twist to a normal, boring sampling campaign. Mm. So when you when you run these sampling campaigns, do you also have goals towards your performance marketing objectives as well? As uh, a, a challenge brand, is that avenues that differ compared to when you add a bigger corporation? How do the channels you use are, are they different in some ways? Mm. I almost look at them a bit more skeptically, just in the way of like, I don't have the luxury of having an agency looking after my social media and looking mm -hmm. after all these channels and, and handling them for me, you know, and then they give me a benchmark, which is always very low and be like, look, we exceed that. <laughs> so, you know, I almost don't have the luxury of doing it all. Mm -hmm. And I need to be very careful and very mindful with everything I do. And what we then decided for at the back end of last year, when we had um, our first campaign actually going live for a very, very long time, was, okay, we need to focus on getting actually the product in hands. Um, and that was why we then said, okay, we need to basically seek attention, you know, in a different way. And we need to get those cans in hands and we need to land our point and we need to land what we're trying to achieve. And that's why the more traditional performance marketing didn't form part of that activation, but especially now as we're heading into the into the new year, you know, or we are already in the new year. <laughs> I know, it feels, sometimes it feels like we're still catching up with ourselves. I keep saying in yeah. the new year, as if it hasn't started yeah. yet. Exactly, exactly. So, and it will definitely form part for, for this year then. Before we get to hear Alessandra's ratings of the industry, there is a deadline coming up. The standard entry deadline for PMW's 30 Under 30 Award for 2023 closes on the 9th of Feb, with the early bird deadline already having passed. We sat down to have a chat with last year's winner, who is now a judge for this year's entrance. Ultimately, winning that award felt like what Matthew McConaughey would say in his book, Green Lights, a green light. <laughs> like, you're in the right place, you're making an impact and doing your, you are exactly where you should be right now. So continue on this road and on this path. And that's evermore been true, I think, throughout 2022 and getting to do opportunities like this and talk to you. Read the full interview online at performancemarketingworld.com and apply for the awards at www.pmw30under30.com. Well, moving on to the main meat of the podcast, which is all about ratings. And I'm excited to hear Soulfresh's ratings because as a challenger brand, you're quite open about what you think is overrated in the industry, whether mm. it's big corporations or anything like that. So let's start with what you think is overrated in the industry at the moment. It's funny because the first, when I read the question the first time, I thought, oh, New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think everyone will be in agreement with you there. 
<laughs> I think, yeah, New Year's Eve, definitely overrated. But um, to your question with regards to the industry, I have to say I'm a bit like, and there might be a bit controversial in saying that, but, you know, adaptogens at the moment is a big trend. And I don't know whether adaptogens like things like ginseng and like hemp and like CBD as well, mm -hmm. you know, um, turmeric, ashwagandha, all these ingredients, plant-based natural ingredients that can help enhance um, like energy or relieve stress and so on. And while I personally are, am a strong believer that these things work and help, I'm a bit more hesitant when it comes to having them in a drink because usually they're in so low quantities that it makes me question what it actually changes the dial and what mm. it actually has an impact. Um, and I think that's, Probably what I would say, probably at the moment in the drinks industry, gets a bit too much attention potentially for what it delivers without saying it it doesn't deliver if it's done properly. Well, I mean, even personally, I have questions about this because I'm constantly being, uh, you, see, you see it everywhere. Oh, you know, this has this in it. This is going to improve your energy. It's going to give you better skin, whatever, you know, whatever it is. And I'm also, I'm very skeptical as well about the effect of these things. Because do you think people just you know market these incredible you know healthy superfood ingredients but would you say that the uh results of what they actually give to you probably aren't worth the marketing they're getting yeah i think in order for them to work and in order for them to really have an effect and i'm not a scientist obviously not but you need to be consuming them on a regular basis or you need to be consuming them in a good quality, in a high quality, or then you need to be consuming them in, in a high amount, you know, and usually, and I'm saying that we're, we're drinks manufacturer as well, and especially in the climate we're in, you know, costs are going through the roof and you can add literally just a bit and you can call it out on pack. And then I'm just wondering how much of that is actually now really having, ha having an impact on how I feel and on my stress or my sleep or whatever then it is, you know. And I think the next, for me, if you ask me, the next movement will then probably be about consumers being more educated and more understanding and definitely appreciating those things. And I think they will definitely gain more attention, but then they will also turn more to the levels we're actually using and the quality we're using and how they're being processed and in which form we're taking them, and so on. Well, let's find out what you think deserves more attention in the industry, and what do you think is underrated? Yes. I personally, and I mean, you know, I'm, always, I'm speaking always with the background of, like, health and drinks and food, because that's what I'm thinking about every day. Mm -hmm. And I think, especially now, you know, with it being health January, veganery, um, like dry January, I definitely think gut health in general doesn't get the attention it deserves, I'm a big fan of um, Tim Spector. I um, listened to a couple of podcasts where he's on, um, ordered his book. My mom is a nutritionist. So I've been I've grown up with gut health and like what impact food can have on your overall well-being, um, on, on, on stress, on um, cognition, and like concentration and so on. And I personally think gut health as an overall topic doesn't get the attention it deserves. I would like to actually ask you about um, Low Bros and the campaigns that you are running this month, it being January, it being the first month of the year and people are starting all these resolutions that they hope to carry on, but maybe probably don't, um, but including Veganuary and Dry January, because a lot of your products um, cater to people that are 
taking up those kind of things. So what does January look like for you guys? Is it a very busy month? Um, I think in a normal year, it probably would be. But for this year, so, you know, the thing about January is it's a key month, as you say. It's health is in, on everybody's mind. Plant-based is a big hit. Mm-hmm. But the reality is everyone talks about it. So you're essentially up against, um, you know, we have three brands in three different um, categories. You're up against a plant-based campaign from Capri and Lind for chocolate. You're up against a campaign from Oatly and Alpra for plant-based milk. And then, of course, you have um, all the gut health messages out there when it comes to kombucha. And we consciously actually said we're not going to activate in veganery. Because we see a natural uplift. The, the people that know us love us. Of course, we have um, smart placement when it comes to promotions. We have smart placement when it comes to like some um, advertising on the, re- on the e-commerce channels with our retailers. But we said we're not going to do a campaign because we're just going to be one more brand out there trying to make a dent and trying to cut through. And it's not, and essentially what we're trying to achieve is not just true for January, it's true for February and March and April. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame that we then like almost, when you're a small brand and you want, if you want to do it properly and if you want to have a chance to cut through, you, it essentially almost means you spend all your marketing investment only in January. And then you're going to be quiet for the rest of the year. Uh, and we just simply can't afford to be quiet for the rest of the year. We need to be always on and we need to keep engaging with our consumers. And that's why we said, okay, you know what? January, yes, there are certain things we're not going to budget and we're going to do these things. But when it comes to activation, we're going to be, uh, we're going to do things a bit different. Like- I find that really interesting as an answer, actually. So, cause it's, it's about, it's about being louder when it's quieter, almost rather than getting muddled up in the noise take it when people have given up and they've stopped talking about it and that's where you're, you're messaging exactly. things through. Exactly. And that's the approach we take. And I think, you know, once again, it's about grabbing attention, it's about cutting through and it's about doing things differently. And I think doing things differently is also talking about going vegan or turning to plant-based foods mm-hmm. or looking after your gut when no one else is talking about it. <laughs> Let's hear more about your your best practice. Can you can you tell us about an exciting project that you've worked on and how you got other people's attention? Um, I think that was the set, that was um, the campaign that we've done with um, Low Bros at the back end of last last year. As I said to you in the beginning, is um, when you're a challenger brand and you don't have a lot of budget, you need to be quite smart mm-hmm. with how where you tap into and what you're doing and um, how we essentially try to, or how we try to seek attention and get attention was not just from consumers, but also from retailers um, mm. because listings, new listings and so on is, is crucial when you're a small brand and driving that distribution um, was for us, our first billboard campaign that has gone live, which was a big, big milestone for us. But of course we then, we didn't have the money to have the presence nationwide and spend mm. 250,000 pounds on a campaign and for two weeks and then it's gone. So we have to be actually be quite selective and smart about where we wanted to be present and where that billboard is going to stand. So we literally hand selected every single billboard. Wow. That was a big effort, you know, and it was really like, okay, where do we want to be present and why? How did you approach that in terms of like what data did you use to inform that decision? T- talk to me through that, that, that process. 
Yeah, of course. So you literally have a map, you overlay all the stores you're present, and then you're looking at where are your hotspots. Then you overlay it with your consumer's affinity. Where are you most likely to actually reach um, the people that will be most engaged with your brand and your message? Then you overlay that level as well. And then you look at where will that billboard be placed? And we literally looked at those sites. We went and traveled there and it was like, okay, if someone comes out of the tube, will they see that? Mm -hmm. If someone is about to go into that shop, will they see that? And it's even like, you know, at the bus stop, you have, you can have a billboard on the inside or on the outside. Do you want to be on the inside or on the outside? What is more likely to be seen? Um, is it better to be on this street or on this street, on this side or on this side? And it was literally, sometimes you go on Google Maps and you you street view the location and be like, oh, it's this billboard. And it's like, okay, no, this is not good. No one's going to look at that. We're not going to do that. Um, how many billboards and- were you uh, approaching then? How many billboards were you were you having a, a road trip of, as it were? I mean, in total, there were about 100 billboards. Oh, wow. So, so you, you are a billboard holiday expert if, if someone wants to have a road trip traveling around all the best billboards you're the person to call it was because we we had to be smart with the money that we invested it's like okay, where is our money best um, best spent and where is it going to have the biggest impact and the result of it was not just like actually consumer picking it up consumers understanding the brand a bit better getting hearing the brand seeing the product but it was actually also retailers or pubs started calling us that was, that's, I mean, that's the dream. That's what you essentially want. You want someone reaching out to you and be like, hey, I've seen your billboard. Can you send across some samples? And that's exactly what you want. In hindsight, there are definitely things that we could have done better. We could have probably been a bit bolder when it comes to the messaging. But being selective and be rigorous and be <laughs> being absolutely attention to detail, to those small things, you know, mm-hmm. I think those things matter. Mm-hmm. And knowing where the people are that you want to reach, and that's from a consumer point of view, but also when you're a small brand, like the retailer offices, where are they? The people who make the decisions, what's their journey to work? Where do they live? Which tube do they use? Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not going to say I stalked all of our potential buyers. Well, yeah, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> no, obviously not. But, you know, it's the things you need to think about. What's the journey they will take mm-hmm. to go into work? And then whenever you activate, you just need to be consistent. You need to be loud. You need to be different. You need to stand out. To the example, you know, that we, that I've mentioned before from um, from VFC, you, you need to be almost like, hold on, did I read that correctly? Before we end, we have one last section to take you through, and that is... One of my favorite bits I like to get my guests to do, which is about getting my attention in the famous resell me a pen challenge. And so you're going to have 60 seconds to resell me an outdated object that's no longer used um, and sell it to today's audience, ideally with a performance marketing strategy for extra bonus points. But we'll see how we get there hold on there are points i didn't know about the points no one talked to me about the points. oh the points are so highly sought after i have people emailing me every day asking asking for these points so but when you are ready alessandra you have 60 seconds to resell me a tape recorder okay i'm not ready give me one second (laughs) (laughs) okay um um okay yeah let's just go i just give my best let's do it Okay, you started? Yeah, oh, we're, we're going. Oh, God, okay. So, 
Right. So as human beings, you know, I think in marketing, storytelling is big. So my story is going to be a storytelling story. Everyone, every human being wants to leave something behind to their children, to their families when they're long gone. So how about you could gift your children um, a, how it felt to be you and how it felt to be walking in your shoes? So you go out into your city, in your village, wherever you live, and you record 30 minutes, maybe an hour of your day-to-day life. The birds in the background, a crying baby, um, a branch cracking under your shoe, um, a plane flying over your head, and you record that. And then you pack that in a box, you seal it, and your children will get it when you're long gone and when you're long dead. And that's essentially the best gift you can give to someone. The gift of showing them how it was to be walking in your shoes. Wow. And time. Oh, God. That was... <laughs> yeah. I have to say, like, this part of the podcast really gave me sweats, like, right before, like, oh, my gosh, I'm really dreading this this section. I know sometimes I wonder whether leaving it to the end is is makes it is, is unfair on our guests who are just, you know, rattling through the questions just thinking, "Oh god, you've got the got the challenge at the end." But I think that was one of our more heartfelt answers actually. Well, you know, you're leave, you're leaving your voice for um for future generations. Exactly. And you can't do that with a phone, you know, that phone, or even if you just do it with a USB stick, it's not the same because the reality is in like 30, 40 or however, how matter of 100 years um, time, you're going to have a different software, you will need to like update something and it's not going to work, it's going to be a nightmare. So how pretty is it to just open a box and find a tape recorder and you just press play? Do you know what? That is what you should have said within the 60 seconds. Because I have to be brutal here, Alessandra. And I think what you said just then would have given it, I would have, yeah, I would have bought it. You would have resold me the tape recorder, but I don't know. I don't know. What we heard in the 60 seconds, I'm not sure I am Uh, completely resold. Okay. Well, you know, it's fine. I You know, it's it was my first go, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Imagine if I do this five to ten times, it's gonna be brilliant. Yeah, we'll have then. five to ten soul fresh episodes solely just <laughs> Yeah, to all the listeners out there. That was just uh, that was episode one. There are nine mm. more to come. Sub- subscribe <laughs> to hear Alessandra's progress over the next ten episodes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Alessandra, it's now your task to choose the next outdated object for our next week's guest. So what what are, what are you challenging with them with? I'm challenging them to sell you or me, because I'm definitely going to be listening, a monocle. Oh, okay. You, oh, you yes. know, like the monocle, like the, the glasses, yeah, yeah, but just yeah. one glass. Mm, that's a good one. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you asked for an outdated object. So here we go. That is perfect. Perfect. Well, our next guest, if you're listening, get preparing. Well, Alessandra, thank you so much for coming on Attention Seekers this week and being our guest. I hope we have satisfied your attention-seeking desires. Yes, absolutely have. It was great um, being here and thanks for having me. Um, Definitely going to be a very loyal listener um, in the future as well. If you want to find out more about the news from the performance marketing industry, Look out for our news shorts where we get behind the scenes look at the news of the week in less than 10 minutes. And don't forget to subscribe on our website, performancemarketingworld.com. Well, thank you all for listening and for giving us your attention. I hope you'll join me next time with our next attention-seeking guest.